Hi, I'm Dr. Andrea Stover, licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Modern Day Romantic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today is our final episode in our four-part series on Love at First Sight. So, so far, we've explored more of the theoretical frameworks or potential explanations for how we can make sense and meaning of what love at first sight even is or why it happens. We've looked at the theory of reincarnation and past lives. We've looked at Carl Jung's process of individuation, and we've looked at precognition or ways of knowing something before the logical, rational mind and uh, the actual experience occurs in time as we see it to be or know it to be. So all three of those theories have a particular thread in common, which is consciousness. And when I think about consciousness, I think a simple definition is that which we are aware of. This conscious waking intelligence or awareness that we have. Well, we always have to remember that wherever we define something, it's equal and opposite also exists because we wouldn't be able to define one without its opposite. So when we're talking about consciousness, we're also talking about the unconscious or the unconsciousness of our psyches, of our lived experience. And I think this is probably more of the place when we talk about love at first sight that we really could at least agree upon. Yeah, there's an unconscious component. There's there's something going on here that's mysterious that we may not be able to explain away that we instead may have to really be able to honor the mystery and and live the mystery with maybe playing around with with possible theories or explanations for it. So today, instead of going into theory land, I wanted to really tie up these loose ends around love at first sight, at least for this particular series, and talk from more of the, the lived experience of it. I know that I had mentioned in one of the episodes, I myself have experienced love at first sight on more than one occasion. And I think prior to, well, let me just say, being a romantic and prior to these experiences, if someone had told me, hey, you're going to have love at first sight, I would have automatically thought, oh, that means I'm going to meet my special person. Like I conflated those two. I paired those two things together. They, They got kind of entangled. And that's one thing I've really learned uh, from my own experiences is just because you have love at first sight, that doesn't automatically mean it's meant to be forever and always with a particular person. Now, could we argue or say, well, maybe it was meant to be, but it was just meant to be in a different way than what we might have dreamed it or fantasized or hoped it would mean. And for me personally, I would say, yes, absolutely. I think that is a very fair assessment that there is always more to be learned. And by having some of these really profound experiences, you're able to say, oh, maybe there's more to life. Maybe there's more to me. Maybe there's more to this whole thing called a relationship than society and storybooks and all sorts of things put forth. And for some people, I'm sure that you have had love at first sight and it's worked out and it's led to a really fruitful relationship. But 
I really wanted to drive the point home with this series that that's not always the case. And I think one of my missions uh, within my own life purpose is to help the romantics in the world to be able to hold on to your heart, to keep it open, to keep it beating, and not have these experiences be devastating or crushing because there really is a beauty and a, pr a profoundness to them, although it may not quite turn out in that meant to be forever and always type of way. So that's a piece of, of what I wanted to kind of uh, make sure to put a finer point on in our uh, last episode in this series. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is when we have love at first sight outside of a relationship. I think there are lots of times when we can have love at first sight. And in that, I'm going to say uh, we could maybe interchange love at first sight with instant knowing or a sense of a meant to be or rightness for us. And again, I know some of, sometimes those things are separate, but in the, the way I'm going to talk about this, I'm, I think it's interchangeable. So for example, if you have ever uh, looked for a place to live, like maybe you've been, uh, maybe you've bought a home, maybe you have rented a space and you've taken in a number of different properties. If you're lucky enough to be able to choose which property it is that you want to call home or make your home, then oftentimes I think people will say, this is it. This is the one. This is the, this is absolutely, you know, the, the home for me. There's like a, a and I think a lot of times I've just, I'm thinking about this. Uh, people have these really interesting stories in how their home comes to be theirs. For example, I don't think it's, too uncommon for home buyers to put an offer in on a house and maybe your offer is rejected and there's a little bit of grieving and let down. And maybe that felt like, no, this was meant to be my house. I don't understand. I don't understand. And then the phone rings a few weeks later and the other buyer's offer fell through and they're offering the home back to you, you know, maybe through some negotiating or whatnot. But those experiences happen. I think those experiences reinforce this idea of meant to be. And when it's right, it, you just know. And if it's meant to be yours, it will be yours, even if it initially doesn't appear that way. Okay. So I think people can have the same type of experience when buying maybe a vehicle. Uh, people can have that type of experience when looking for a wedding dress People can have that type of experience when looking for, I don't know, like even a wedding venue or something. Like you can see, like there's so many different, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. This is my, this is meant to be. This is the one. This is love at first sight. This is just kind of that perfect moment. It's a moment in time where all seems right with the world, where who I am and what I want and what is presented in front of me all matches. And I don't know how often people really get to experience that in their lives. I mean, in the ideal sense, we would be living lives that feel that way, but I'm a human and I know that's not always true. So being able to reflect on, hey, how does maybe being a romantic uh, show up outside of 
romantic relationships. And I guarantee it's there in more than one way. Like, ooh, this this just fell into my lap. This opportunity right here just fell out of thin air or I sent up a prayer and, and there it was, or I set my intention and boom, you know, now the opportunity's here. So nothing wrong with that at all. It's, I think that's a real synchronicity and again, a mystery and a very profound experience when you have that. And I think I emphasize this so many in so many episodes, but we just don't always know the meaning of it, right? So that's where the romantic can kind of run ahead and put a lot on the future and what it means long term, rather than, hey, there's a synchronicity that just happened here. There's a, a recognition or an experience or an alignment that just occurred. And I'm going to, you know, be with that and appreciate that for what it is. And we'll see what happens next. That is a way I think to be with the both and a bit. So we're not too attached to the meaning we put on something. We're not, you know, rushing off to the altar or, you know, uh, playing forward your whole life or, oh my gosh, in this home, you know, we're going to like, this will be the house that's perfect forever and always, or the, I don't know, whatever those types of other experiences where you've had love at first sight beyond relationships. So we just kind of want to honor the little romantic that lives in there that wants to rush and wants to live that, that happily ever after that wants to live a life full of love that wants to feel loved as well by the universe, wants to feel supported. And these types of things can really, really strengthen that, that feeling of being cared for. So I, I think it's important to reflect if you're a romantic on where else in my life does this maybe sense or feeling of having love at first sight show up or that, that alignment or that instant recognition, you know, when you walk to a space, a place, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. The final point I really want to drive home with love at first sight and to kind of put a bow on all of this is even if you've had love at first sight, that is not a one and done type of thing such that, Hey, I'm good now. I'm with my person. I'm, you know, I've, I've got it all figured out to, I think on the contrary, Love at first sight requires us to actively engage even more in the mystery, in the process, and not become passive and not feel like, okay, job's complete here. I'm good to go. I'm smooth sailing from here on out. Because when profound experiences happen, that's almost, I'm not, I'm not, hear me say, I'm not saying we go to work analyzing it. I'm not saying we go to our heads. I'm not saying we hold ourselves back and don't participate, you know, in the actual experience. Nothing like that. I'm not saying be super objective and, and at the expense or uh, not being able to, to fully engage in whatever just happened to you. However, I think keeping just a, a little window open in your mind to say, I so badly want this to mean this, and it may not. So can I actively stay open, be in a vulnerable position, and live this thing through? If we're talking about love at first sight in a relationship, the back and forthness, the, okay, what, what's going to happen next? Like, how do I feel today? Okay. I had that experience yesterday. How do I feel today? How do I feel a month from now? How do I feel, you know, a year from now? It's important that we stay present in our lives. 
And it's so easy and so tempting to think that we have it all figured out because we have a moment, a momentary glimpse of rightness, a momentary sense of all is well. And probably on a higher level, that's, that's true. And we don't want to be in bypassing. We don't want to stay in that space and miss out on developing the human within us, the human self. So what I'm trying to say is we are human beings and we also have a spiritual component and experience to our, our lives. And it's easy to kind of be on one side or the other, you know, identifying more as your spiritual self or kind of maybe a higher self or what your aspirations are for your soul or for your life's purpose, those types of things. There's also this human component and we can't focus on one at the expense of the other because really what's being asked of us is a marriage between those two parts. So how am I going to be a spiritual being having this human experience and live fully into my humanness, not try to you know bypass or skip over that? And how do I also not say I'm a human and so screw all that other stuff, you know, like, no, we, we want to be able to say, okay, I'm a human who can also have really profound experiences related to the unconscious. I'm a human who doesn't really know all the answers and will never know. And I can still just be in awe at some of these things that can occur, you know, that, that kind of defy the, the limitations that we've been, that have been put forth as to what it means to be a human. So I think love at first sight is a nice entryway into this and really being able to stir the pot, to stir the mysterious soup of life and to remember that you are a human being and, and if this doesn't fit for you, that's fine, but, and you are a spiritual being. And how do we bring these two into conscious, more consciousness, more conscious relationship? How do we develop the capacity to be the both and of that and not, you know, have one usurp the other? It's really, really important because romantics are, I think anyways, uh, susceptible and vulnerable to uh, maybe wanting to live more in that spiritual place of endless possibility where miracles can occur, where you know, you can see the beauty and the depth and all sorts of things. So when the, these very human circumstances arise, it can be really, really it can shake the, the center of gravity. It can shake your foundation, your sense of, you know, what you thought life was. So I take this really seriously. And I think it's important. If love at first sight is the way into this, then so be it. There's millions of other ways into it, but we really want to stay actively engaged and alert, stay awake. Don't go to sleep. What's going on in my life right now? What is what's being asked of me to reflect on, to maybe grow, to strengthen, to stretch, to release. There's all sorts of ways that life knocks on our door and says, okay, it's time to, time to wake up. Time to grow, time to do something difficult in service to something larger. And it's easy to sit there and say, uh, no, I just want to, I want to check out and until or unless it's the good stuff, like the good feeling stuff, I mean.
So this is really, really an important point because I think love at first sight so often has that bright, sunny connotation of I meant to be forever and always. This is your destiny, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't always show up that way. I'd love to hear any stories that you may have or people that you may know who have had this experience and that process around going through heartache, going through pain, going through disillusionment, because it's not easy being a romantic and going through those types of things. And, and I think it's those very things that develop us, that mature us, that can strengthen and, and really bring a sense of mm, conviction to idealism to being a romantic. So I don't mean that in like a woo-woo bypassy way. I mean that the integrity of being a romantic. It means I've gone through a lot of dark stuff or I've had bad things happen to me, we'll say. I've had things that have, have nearly destroyed me. I've, you know, reached my limit. I've I've reached my the the edge here. And and I'm still here and I still found a way to find meaning. And if I think, I think if more people could stay tuned in to that piece, like that's the, the spiritual heart and this world would be a totally different place if we could really show up with that level of consciousness. So that's what I got for you. That's a wrap for love at first sight for now. Uh, but again, feel free to write me, feel free to leave comments, feel free to share your story. If you or someone you know have had love at first sight, and I'd love to know, you know, how you've made sense and meaning of that uh, in your life as it stands today. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're interested in learning about ways to work with me, head over to my website, themoderndayromantic.com. From there, you'll be able to contact me and learn a bit more about the customized intensives and retreats I offer both individuals and couples. You'll also be able to support future podcast production via Patreon. There are several membership levels to choose from, including the Beating Hearts Club, which gives you access to exclusive content every month. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next episode.